Hi, I'm Lindsay Boomershine, brand manager of High Five Gear. H5G has thousands of designs to choose from and no hidden artwork fees. How awesome is that? Have your jersey tell your story. Order online at www.high5gear.com today. Add H5G into your wardrobe and show off your individuality. Use code ABOVE180 at checkout for $20 off any H5G style. Order today and enjoy high5gear.com. Bowling this month is bowling's trusted technical resource that's relied upon by thousands of serious bowlers, pro shop operators, and professional coaches. From independent ball reviews to great instructional articles on all facets of our sport, you'll find it all at bowlingthismonth.com. For less than the price of a cup of coffee per month, you can have online access to Bowling This Month's premium technical bowling content that will help you improve your game. Bowling This Month is so confident you'll be satisfied, they're offering a 14-day money-back guarantee to all subscribers. Check out BowlingThisMonth.com and sign up today. Tim Berg is ready to hit the lanes, approaching the issues that you, the bowler, want to know. From the latest equipment reviews, coaching, to drilling layouts, and the stars of the PBA. Now, here's your host, Tim Berg. Joining me on the Above180.com podcast is Danny Wiseman. Danny has 12 PBA titles, including one career major, the 2004 USBC Masters, held at Miller Park in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Danny, it's Tim Berg here. Thanks for joining me today. Well, Tim, I appreciate you having me on and uh, look forward to a great show. And uh, just real quick, I just want to say um, I hope everyone's being safe out there in today's world with COVID. Um, you know, take care of one another and um, just be smart about everything. Yeah, Danny, let's begin right there. I was going back and trying to figure out where uh, where something in, in your career on the tour may, may be even closely relating to this. And I went back and looked, and this was actually during your heyday in 2001, during uh, around 9-11 there, there was um, there was a little bit of a break for you guys on tour, but I'm curious if you've had a chance to reflect on a time in your career where you think this may have been similar, and then you guys had a tournament, you know, you, you bowled a tournament, and then you had like a 15-day, 16-day little uh, hiatus on the tour where the events were canceled, but is that probably the closest that you can recall of going through kind of what we're going through now where there's no bowling? Yeah, and, and I've got a little backstory on that too. When nine eleven happened the day before, um, on the tenth, um, uh, a bunch of us had flew back from Japan. We were over there for the Japan Cup, and uh, I flew back on United, I believe, or or American, in through Chicago, and uh, got into Baltimore. And of course, I'm on Japan time. I was over there for a couple of weeks, and um, you know, my mom had uh, said, "Have you seen the news?" Of course, I was up all night because I'm on their time, and you know, I was, I was half asleep, and I'm like, "What is going on here?" And of course, the world changed 9/11, um, and uh, there was no, uh, from what I remember, there was no um, stoppage of our of our tournaments. We didn't hear anything. You know, every other sports uh, association was stopping uh, their their uh, events and whatnot, and we just didn't know. And I think we started out, and if I'm not mistaken, Wichita. And um, I had packed up everything um, and started driving out there because, we, you know, on the 12th, uh, we, we didn't hear anything. And, and, you know, that tournament started, I think, that weekend um, and um, drove straight out there. Um, I don't even remember if I even stopped, but I remember seeing gas prices at five bucks a gallon and 
I mean, it was just listen to the radio the whole time out there and, and get out to Wichita and, and, um, you know, they canceled the, the stop. And I think the one after, um, you know, for, for good reason, obviously the world, the world was in chaos. Um, and it was just, um, so disheartening of, of what was going on in the world. And, um, and, and, in, and it's similar to today, you know, everything stopped, the world stopped, um, a little bit different circumstances to a degree, but, um, you know, what, what, what's going on today, you know, the guys on tour, um, I feel for them, you know, there's nothing guaranteed. I know a lot of guys are on staff, um, you know, with this, this two months now, and who knows how much farther in this will go, um, before they're able to compete and, and feed their families. Um, you know, I, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Um, and, and the tour was going so well the first nine weeks with everything with Fox and Baltimore and, and, uh, you know, me being a fan, I watch it and boom, everything just stops. So, and like I said, we just got to take care of one another, be smart about it. And, and hopefully bowling will be back. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I, I've lived through this as many other guys did to a degree back in, in 2001. Yeah. Danny, I'm, I'm curious if things are not safe for the players to get back out there on the lanes, Let's say this goes and, and they just end up canceling the rest of the PBA season for this year and say 2021, we're starting back up January when we, we have more of a grip on what will be, what we can do. We have more of a plan for things. How is that going to work for the players? And what do you, what would your thought be as far as how many of them? I mean, we hope they've, they've been smart with their money, but uh, honestly, we all know some of them probably haven't been. Is there something where you, you are these guys going to be able to, continue then have they set aside enough in, in your thoughts and, and what do you think we'll see what would the tour look like then if we basically take the rest of the year off well i mean we, tim we can only hope that you know things will will return back to normal um we don't know uh we don't know what the world's going to be like you know two three four six months down the road um hopefully these guys um have the guys on tour have, and and the women have saved up and and have other means of a um, opportunity for for income. Um, you know that's uh, that's something that we 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 hope that they do. Um, but um, you know, it, it, no one knows. I mean, there's there's been hints of different things. I mean, I've I've kind of read up a little bit on on what's going on with USBC and the lane currency with leagues, and I mean, again, it's it's. You know, I'm taking it day by day. You know, let's see what the next day brings and, and go from there. Um, the only thing that this has changed for me is not being able to work with my kids on Wednesdays and Fridays the league and practicing a little bit myself. And other than that, I mean, I'm kind of going about my daily routine, but I'm not a full-time professional bowler. And knowing that there's no guarantees um, other than when you perform – um, I, I don't know how these guys are handling it. Let's just pray that it, it can return to somewhat of what it was because it was moving forward tremendously. I mean, it was, uh, I, I enjoyed watching the shows and, you know, seeing all the, the new talent come up and watching them and, and then it just stops. When you were out there on tour, how many, how many guys do you think could have handled something like even just the amount of time that we've been off now, you know, just, uh, a two-month break, a three-month break, and then if you had a rough stretch of tournaments before that, it's even longer in some cases. How many guys in your day could yeah. have, could have handled it, and, and how many would have just been like, "All right, I'm out. I gotta, I gotta go make make a living. You know, make a living, find a job." Well, I tell you, I mean, you know, 
we bowled 36 weeks out of the year and then it was practice and regionals and it was full time all the time. You know, the schedule's not as, you know, the last few years or more than that, actually, it hasn't been week in and week out for these guys. There's stretches of tournaments. So there's more downtime for these guys. And, you know, the ones that aren't able to make uh, a living at it, they have to supplement somehow, some way that I don't know. Um, I have no idea because I, you know, back in our time, like I said, we, we pulled every, I mean, if I got two weeks off, I was happy for two weeks, but that was it. You know, and one of those weeks was practicing because it was, it was full time 24 seven. Um, but, uh, with, with today, um, you know, they got to get it when they can get it. And, and I looked at the money list the other day and, and, uh, first nine events, there's a handful of guys that, that did very well. And then you factor in incentives, which I don't know what kind of contracts and all that stuff they have, but, you know, there there was uh, quite a few guys that that uh, did pretty well that should be okay for the time being, in my assumption. But I, I don't know. I don't know if they have sponsors where they have to give half of it to the sponsor. Um, I, I don't know how any of that works anymore. It's a completely different world out there. Yeah, Danny, let's hit on that a little bit. Are sponsors still prevalent today, from what you understand on tour? And it, it was back in the day when you were bowling. Is it still something that we is is it? that something that's out there for these younger players or, or is that kind of gone by the wayside? See that that's a question that I, I really can't answer other than my own experience, which was when I first started, you know, I had to have uh, a sponsor that would foot the bill. And we had an agreement where I split it 50 50 with them after expenses. I don't know how that works today. Um, you know, after, you know, 1995, um, after I resigned from Hammer, I went on my own. I never had another backer sponsor other than when I worked worked for, they didn't sponsor me, uh, Revolution Bowling um, in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, I was on my own dime. So when I failed to cash, make finals, make a TV show, I, I had nothing coming in. So that made for even more pressure on me, if you want to look at it that way, which is what I thrived on. I had to, um, you know, compete against the best in the world on my own dime. So a lot of guys back then would have backers and it would relieve that so they could go out there and bowl. Uh, you know, like I said, 95 on to when I stopped in 09, you know, it was on my own dime. The only thing that really got me was later in the mid 2000s when they started allowing ball reps from the companies to help the players all the time. Back in the nineties, they didn't allow that. And, and I always tried to stay upon that on my knowledge to stay ahead of everything and learn from my mistakes. When they let the ball reps in, I was getting older. It became harder because now I got to be the ball rep and the, and the younger player. So that became a little frustrating, but you know, I kept doing it. So, um, but today's world, I, I don't know how that's all handled with sponsors. And I know a lot of guys are with ball companies, but I don't know. I, I don't. I could not tell you any of that uh, pertinent information. Don't know. To any of the PBA stars listening to this, that would you advise them, especially with what's going on now, to, to maybe find a backer and find someone to help them out with things and, and work out an agreement then regarding how, how uh, you know, once things do get back bowling? Was it something, it sounds like you're right, it, it takes the pressure off, and I've talked to other people too who at the time they, they said, oh, it's great, I can go out and bowl, and I come back to my, my shop or my center and I have a job or I'm a proprietor, and that yeah. pressure's off. I just get to go out and bowl, and if I have a good week, 
I, I still got, you know, I, I, it's great. It's a bonus. And if I don't, rent is still paid <laughs> and the lights are staying on. Yeah, it's two ways to look at it. You know, I mean, a lot of guys did have pro shops. They did have, you know, backers, but they had a business or they owned a bowling center or, you know, family stuff or whatever, whatnot. I, I never had that. Um, I never had anything to come back to. Um, so I made that decision to go out on my own in 95, the seventh weekend. And I went third first after I resigned from Hammer. And I had 80 grand in the bank with incentives and prize money and all that stuff. You know, I won Erie, um, finished third in Windsor Locks, then I won Erie. Um, and I never had another backer. So, you know, I looked at it like, you know, if today's guys, if they can, uh, and I've talked to a few of them, when you get extra money, don't go gambling with it. Don't go buying a Ferrari or what. Put it away, invest it. You have to find a good investment broker, somebody who can, who knows what they're doing, knows that, you know, you're not going to be making millions, but you need to put it away because guess what? Bowling doesn't last forever. I mean, injuries come into play. There's a lot of guys that have been so lucky to be able to, to do this for 20 plus years, but father time wins all the time. And I looked at it when, you know, when my mom had that aneurysm in 2009, I only bowled a little bit after that, but it was never a priority anymore. The priority was her. And, you know, I had 19 years of a pretty good career. Well, I'd say up until after the masters in 04, because that car wreck, you know, five kind of, I only made a few shows after that. I fought with injuries in my neck and my foot, but, um, you know, I that I put away to, you know, I didn't have to worry. I knew I was going to live frugally because my parents were blue collar and I'm not going to go out and spend, spend, spend. Um, but today they have to look at what's what they're, they have to look at what they're going to be like when they're 40 years old. You have to realize when you're 40 years old and there's 25 years old out there, you've got them in knowledge and experience, but you don't have them physically. Even, even if you work out and bust your butt and you're in the greatest shape at 40, you're not going to, be physically as good as a 23, 24 year old. And if they're good mentally, it's going to be hard to beat them. Danny, you've mentioned this a few times, the incentives. You can, you know, you can go and look on your, your career earnings, just, you know, a shade, yeah. a shade under 1.6 million, according to the PBA site, which uh, doesn't include those incentives. How big of a deal is that for players back in your day? And even nowadays, like you said, with, with ball contracts and, and uh, shoe yep. contracts and everything that people can do to, to supplement their income. But that really doesn't, that number on PBA.com uh, doesn't really tell the full story behind you or really any of the players as far as what they, what they truly make in a year. Right. It would be pretty cool if someone would do an aggregate, you know, earnings for each player for each year they bowled in the money that they made in say 1970 in, you know, 2020 money throughout their entire career for each year and find out where the complete earnings are at. I kind of did that two years ago. I think at that time, you know, I mean, those earnings that I have in there, I mean, I, you know, you're looking at, you know, 15, 16, 17 years and not a whole lot after a few regionals here and there, but you know, that one point five at the time was like 2.4, you know, in aggregate earnings for today's money, for the years that I bowled. And I thought that's kind of neat, you know, just to see, I mean, it's, you know, it's just an interesting little tidbit that I did there, but you know, the incentive thing, you know, I remember, gosh, I mean, I've, I've found some of my old incentive checks in some of my tax boxes and um, stupid numbers. I mean, I don't know what they make today. I have no idea. Cause most guys are on some kind of contract, I guess. Um, 
I don't know how many independents there are. And when I have seen the the wall posts are nothing like they used to be, like when I bought the you know the, the tournament champions. But I remember Erie to bring that one up again. Um, I got uh, eight grand for using the code red for winning the posted incentive for for track, and they had come out with a ball that week called the NRG, and they had posted an incentive up incentive up for to win with it with ball and shirt was like twenty three grand. Very, you know, I mean, the carrot's dangling there, but um, to me, I always wanted to win the title. I could care less about the money. If I if I won the title, that created opportunities. The money was going to come if I performed. A lot of guys I watched in my career early on that would do that. They would use the ball that they never got there with because of that carrot dangling. And someone would win, sure, of course, but I used to love it when they would throw stuff that they never threw all week and had no idea. Um, and that happened a few times on some of my shows and I'm not going to mention names, but it, it cost them, you know, and, and I won. Um, but, uh, in today's world, I, like I said, I, I, I don't know how the contracts are made. I don't know what these guys make. Um, hopefully they're, they're well, because the, you know, the pond is much smaller, but the talent is, is incredible today. Well, it is Danny Wiseman here on the above 180.com podcast. Danny, Another thing I'm curious, there's there's always these rivalries we see out there on tour and and people just, you know, they, they kind of, guys, the guys even told me, frankly, they said, you see each other, especially now we're bowling every week and guys just kind of get on your nerves from time to time. Back in yeah. your day, um, how much of that, you know, if you had a, if you had a, a disagreement with someone, how much of that was taken Taken, uh, taken care of back in the in the locker room area in the paddock before you guys even got on the lanes or after you finished up a block. Oh, there were some uh, there were some heated conversations, let's just say, and with, with some of the guys and whatnot. Um, you know, I, I had a few uh, with a few players um, over the years, but you know, here's here's in in my mind, um, I'm out there on my own dime. I'm sponsoring myself. I stayed to myself. I roomed by myself. I, I've only had a couple of roommates. Plus, I had it's in the early '90s and whatnot. I had motorhomes and and all. But um, you know, just to, I looked at it like I'm not out here to be friends with anyone. I will get along with everyone. But if you piss me off, we're gonna have a problem because you may have a sponsor, you may have a big contract or whatever whatnot. I don't have that, so I'm out for blood every shot. Did it work out all the time? No. You know, did I piss people off? Sure. I mean, I mean, but I wasn't out there, you know, to be friends with anyone. But I got along, I would hope to say so with everyone, you know, for the most part. Um, you know, there's been a few, few uh, lovely spots, I could say, over the years with a certain, you know, few players. But, you know, overall, you know, it was it was uh, the time of my life. I mean, that's what I grew up wanting to do. And that's what I I, I tried to achieve um, to be one of the best. And, you know, I, my goal was 15 titles, three majors. And I didn't know I was going to get in a car wreck in 05, and it kind of, you know, put a hinder on things there, you know, because I still had a few years left of my career, and it just was never the same after that when I got rear-ended in Chicago in 05. So, but um, I've seen things. I mean, I'm not going to mention names. There's been, you know, but, you know, you got to remember, too, there were rules in place fights and punches thrown and stuff like that. I've seen more bowling bags go flying than anything um, <laughs> in the paddock. Um, but, but, you know, something, an altercation happened. There were, there were hefty fines for that. And you have to remember, there wasn't a whole lot of money at parts of the time in my career 
to be able to throw a thousand dollars away for, you know, <laughs> taking it out on someone. So, um, but for the most part, I mean, the guys were, you know, we're all in the same boat together even now, you know, so, you know, they, they understand it. There might be some words and then, you know, it'll get worked out. Let's just say. So we all know one of the things that, that still does when Pete's out there bowling Weber is if you double jump in front of Pete, you know, if you do it once, you might get a little bit of a look, you do it twice, you're going to get a stop. And if you do it three times, he's coming down. Is there, what, um, what would, what would really grind your gears when you're out there and annoy you, whether it was, um, maybe something that you did that other people would come up to you and say, Danny, do you really have to, or something that someone else would do out there? I think because of the goofy shirts and the haircuts, I think they were scared of me. No, (laughs) that was later on. That was later on, but no, um, yeah, the, the, the lane courtesy rule is a big thing. And if someone has an issue with it and, you know, Pete might've got upset a few times, but I'll tell you what. You know, he, he would help more than he would get mad. Um, I've seen it. Um, same with most of the other guys. We, we will try to help, you know, the players that were not familiar with it or were scared because they're bowling us to Pete or Walter. Or what. And, and, you know, you try to get them. Once they figure it out, they get it. But a lot of the guys, you know, they bowl regionals and stuff. It was just the amateurs. Now, I'll tell you a story with me. I think it was like 1980, I want to say six. I think I was an amateur. I won a spot for the Fairlanes Open. It might have even been here at, at Woodlawn a few years before, or maybe at Delphi, Maryland. Um, I think I was bowling. It was one of them. I was bowling next to Holman, and and I made the mistake of of, of going before my turn. <laughs> <laughs> and Holman, <laughs> not happy, and he let me know it. Um, but then, I, you know – Later on, we, we were obviously great friends and all, and, and he's one of my heroes. But, um, yeah, that was a little scary being an amateur back then and getting called out by, you know, one of the superstars. And it, it, it's intimidating. Um, and then to become one, you know, but we all want to help. Um, we want to help uh, the, the players coming out because you never know. I mean, those are guys that, you know, they may be donating now. They may be a superstar in five years. You don't know. Danny, earlier we were talking about sponsors. Well, one of the fine sponsors here at the Above180.com podcast is H5G Brands. Please make sure you check out H5GBrands.com. I'm seeing some great new stuff on their website. They have new, they have masks, so they have the uh, themed masks for you guys if you're looking for those to protect you and keep you safe with all the manufacturers on them. So check all that out, H5GBrands.com. Also have PBA replica jerseys, your custom-made jerseys. You can get them ordered as well. Use promo code ABOVE180. That will get you $20 off your first order now use that promo code above 180 for 20 dollars off your first order again check everything out h5gbrands.com for masks for everything you need all your dye supplemented jerseys they're going to treat you right check out h5gbrands.com also bowlingthismonth.com bowling's best and most comprehensive technical resource all at your fingertips have some great coverage there seeing some Articles now regarding building mental toughness. Some great stuff there. Your ball reviews on your left-hand side as centers. We're seeing more and more beginning to reopen slowly. You can check out those latest ball reviews on your left-hand side. And uh, lots of health articles keep you fit. Lots of things you're going to need to do regarding bowling ball layouts. Again, everything you need at your fingertips. All for about the price of a cup of coffee every month. Again, check out bowlingthismonth.com for all those details. All right, Danny, I want to go back to a tournament and see what your, your fondest memories are. It's a tournament you won, the PBA Miller High Life Open. 
I want to see what you remember about that tournament. Of the, let's, I'm looking at the full tournament standings here on uh, PBA.com. So can you tell me? Well, I won two Miller tournaments. I won two Miller tournaments. This was in 2005. That would be 2004, the Masters. Um, this took Octo Oct October of 2002, my mistake. So this okay, was okay. That's the first Miller one. <laughs> yes, I, I know. <laughs> yes, 2002. That would be up in uh, um, up in Spagner's place. Up at yep, in um, at Bill's place, up in uh, just Burn outside Hills. of Chicago. Yep, Burling Hills. Yep. Okay, and do you you remember who you who you beat in the championship match? Um, that was Walter Ray. And do you remember uh, you remember the top five for that one? I know Hoskins was in their couch. Um, I've got a ball signed by all of them. Um, Hoskins, couch, me, Walter. Who was the other one? Ah. Mike, Mike Devaney. Who was the other one? Mike Devaney. That's it. That's it. Yep, yep. Because uh, I I think Hoskins beat Devaney, and then I bowled Hoskins. I beat him, and then I bowled Walter. I used three different bowling balls. Um, I used a uh, an eraser on the left lane, a match against Hoskins, and a trauma. It was a particle ball, one in ER. It was a trauma recovery on the right lane, I believe. And then I switched it up, used the eraser on the right lane, the eraser on the left lane near the end of that game, and didn't like it. Ball changed to a, uh, uh, what the heck was that red ball called? A blaze went deeper in on the left lane and uh, used the blaze on the left lane and the, I think the eraser on the right lane, if I'm not mistaken. But I ran off the front nine at Walter. <laughs> it's amazing. Yes, How, remember, you remember that like it was yesterday. And that was... I remember all of that stuff. <laughs> I can tell you how they were drilled, too. <laughs> the eraser was pinned down. had a hold down about two inches off the off the axis, a big crater, about an inch and eight. The same thing, the trauma recovery was drilled the same way. It started up quicker. The blaze was over. I think it's a blaze. Um, that was a red ball. It was. It's up over the ring finger. Um, and I got in off the left gutter, you know. So, yep. Wow. Danny Wiseman on the Above180.com podcast. Hey, Danny, let's hit on a few things that you are doing now. You you, you have a very uh, successful youth tournament that you run back there in the Baltimore area. Obviously, things are still unknown regarding that, but can you update us as far as right now what you do know and what your 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 hopes are, at least, for this tournament? Well, I've got it out there on Facebook, uh, on my fan page, Danny Wiseman Bowling fan page, my website, dannywisemanbowling.com, my Facebook page, my uh, Danny Wiseman Youth Scholarship Tournament group page for the event. Uh, it's supposed to be October 10th and 11th. Um, that now is, of course, up in the air. Um, I've got to play it by ear. At this point in time, usually every year, I've got all my paperwork together, my sponsorship agreements, my entry forms are being prepared to be put out in um, early July. Um because entries would open July 15th, but with everything that's going on, I don't know what the rules, regulations, what state of Maryland rules will be like for um, uh, pe people gathering, um, what Bowmore is going to have in place, uh, people traveling. I mean, kids would come from eight, nine different surrounding states uh, to this. I don't know what travel is going to be like. 
Um, and it's just a play-by-ear situation right now. Um, my sponsors, I'm, I'm hoping that when things, if they come together and um, things start opening up a little bit, that some of my sponsors would be able to work with me and come back. Uh, the, the event really deals with a lot of local sponsors, a lot of the kids that I actually work with, a lot of their parents are involved, a lot of pro shops, uh, small business people, uh, small owner, business owners that I know personally get involved. Um, and then again, all the companies donate product, um, all the grip companies, bag companies, um, all the uh, manufacturers of, of bowling balls. Um, it's a huge deal. You know, last year, I think our, our chance auction uh, took in like $4,800 in two days that went into the prize fund. Um, you know, the, the sponsors, you know, I, I gave out 30, 30, 30, I can't off the hand. It's on my website. It's like $34,000, $36,000 in, in scholarships, um, which I run through the, um, um, through, uh, the, uh, the maps with the PJBT. Um, they handle all that because they do all my entries and they come down, uh, Matt, Josh, and Stacy run, uh, the tournament for me on the weekends. Um, I do all the other stuff with sponsors and whatnot, but, I wouldn't be able to do it without them. And they've got their own sponsorship deal, you know, called maps. And, uh, it's, it's, uh, um, a nice program that they have, uh, that he set up and he's been doing it. I mean, they've been running tournaments for gosh, 20, 20 years. Um, so they're, they're so well-versed and the three of them just are able to just manage this thing on Saturday and Sunday. And I, and, and, you know, I, I enjoy putting it all together and getting things going, but right now, don't know and it and it and it really sucks because everything else has been canceled for the kids and that's you know the reason i do this you know it's the giving back part it's the the be able to to enable these kids to compete for for their future education um and you know in eight years i mean i've given out probably 190 200,000 plus uh, it's grown the last five years it's been incredible it's been over you know 25,000 every year the last few years and, I, I, you know, I, I'm just going to sit on this and wait. And, and when, when the time comes, I'll have to make a decision. And, and hopefully when I learn things in the next few weeks, I'll be able to um, hopefully create anticipation that the tournament's going on. But I don't know. Is there a scenario or have you talked with, uh, with everyone up there about it maybe being more, more a limited field? I know that's it's hard to... Yeah. Hard to limit yeah. things, but that's, I mean, it seems like even just talking about what, what we're hearing and some of the direction we may be getting from the USBC regarding leagues and, and the Open Championships, mm-hmm. having one, you know, one right. team on a pair, is it is it something yeah. you're going to have to consider doing something like that, at least for this year, and um, and, well, and and go from there, I guess, and, and hope, uh, let the chips fall where they may once uh, once you do start getting some direction from folks? Well, I, I, I understand all that, and I, I look at it this way, you know, 114 per squad max 38 lanes okay that's 308 entries we had last year 305 the year before um and and i don't want to turn any any youth bowler away um first come first serve all that stuff you know if i have to have a half of the field or you know you got to remember you know country amf country club lanes is is large dennis baldwin built that place for tournaments and it can handle it you look at the pictures in my facebook page that place is packed from 7.30 in the morning until 11.30 at night on Saturday. I mean, it's people coming in, people leaving, you know, next squad, you know, changing. And, 
it is it is an incredible amount of people that are in that center. And I can't see not having kids pull because of a limited field. And that means a limited prize fund. And that means it's a lesser amount. Um, I, but, you know, it's, it's not out of the question to do something. And it depends on how I'm able to manage it, depending on what the laws are like and what, what the restrictions are. That's the big question. You know, I'd rather not do something, you know, half, you know what, I'd rather do it the right way, um, which it's been so successful the last couple of years. Um, so, I, I mean, it's the same with all these other tournaments. I mean, we just don't know. It's just, it's sad, but we have to all get through this and, and get, you know, get this country going again. All right. Well, Danny, and, and on that note, and, and um, I'd like to, I know I've done this in the past. I'd like to, from everyone here at Above180.com, I'm going to send you a new storm bowling ball for uh, for your raffle there hopefully things take off and we'll wait and see what the bowling ball will be but it will be one of the new releases i know there are companies we we talk about bowlers in a holding Mm -hmm. pattern companies are in that same boat as far as re you know talking about their releases they had you know set up for the entire year all the companies just had released a bunch of new bowling balls in the last two months and now they're kind of sitting, you know, kind of sitting there, and, yeah. and so we'll. Um, Nobody can bowl. No, exactly. I, mean, I got a couple new ones. I got a couple new ones I can't even throw. You know, it's like ah, uh, you know, I got them right before everything shut down. I'm like, oh man. Now, I mean, I, you know, so there's still going to be new releases, really. So I mean, they're, they're going to be a couple months old, but no one's thrown them, so they're still new releases. But yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, you know, you guys want to help. Um, you know, I mean, we can sit on this for a little bit. Let's see what happens. You're on my Facebook page and, and, you know, I I don't want to have you send something and then I don't have the tournament. So I will reach out to you. Um, I will get you, um, I will send you out the email. If if I end up going through with all this, I'll send it out to you and and you can donate whatever you want. And you will be in the program that I give out to all the kids, um, you know, that enter, um, and, and one of my, donation sponsors that would be fabulous well I'd really appreciate it i'm mean, gonna try to reach out to everybody so perfect and we'll wait until it gets a little bit closer to yeah. to make it the one of the 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 newest release that that storm has in their arsenal a lot of great stuff coming out from them and all the companies i should say all the companies are doing that so thank mm-hmm. you for that and we'll we'll keep we'll keep in touch regarding that and then Danny, it was great catching up with you again. It's been been a bit of a while since we chatted, and I wanted to kind of dive in a little bit to some topics that we probably hadn't discussed on this show. As we've hit some of them before, but not some of the others. And I think, honestly, I think people like getting that sneak peek as far as how things were when you were out there on tour and how things, uh, how you handled things. And and I think even the younger players can listen to this and hopefully gain some knowledge as far as how maybe they should handle their things and should handle their money. I know, you know, like you said, we hope everyone is doing doing well financially and keeping, you know, keeping their uh, selves afloat and doing okay. But inevitably there's, there's always that one or two people out there who think they're invincible to everything and they're going to be able to just keep bowling forever. And then it goes away and, and they're stuck. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough situation because, you know, we don't know how this is going to change our sports um, and what, what the future holds. You know, we talked about the nine eleven. 11. Yeah. It changed the country, changed the world, changed the thought process, but, we were still able to compete as was every other um, sports entity um, with this, you know, we, we don't know yet. Um, you know, there's thoughts and theories about different things and percentages and I won't get into all that, but you know, we just have to, 
one day at a time and just do the best we can do, take care of one another. And um, hopefully this will all come out and, you know, things will get back to somewhat normal, if not normal, down the road in time. Oh, Danny, I should ask quickly before we go, would you, would you consider moving your tournament? Like if Maryland, if things are still kind of sideways where they are, where you're at in Maryland, would you consider moving it to another center? Well, see, I've got such a good relationship with the manager, with Bullmore, with um, actually Larry Ross, um, who is right below Tom Shannon. Um, and, and they enjoy me hosting this tournament there. Um, and it's, it's, Right near my other house, which I have all my stuff, you know, there for the tournament, um, moving it out of Maryland, I've never really considered it. Um, and, and I just try to keep working with Baltimore. I mean, I, the, the thing is, I put Baltimore on the map with bowling, with my career, you know, and this is part of me giving back to the bowling community, not only in Baltimore, but the surrounding states for the youth bowlers. So. I probably would never move it out of state because this is my hometown. All right. Danny Wiseman, thank you for being here on the Above180.com podcast. (laughs) Thanks, Tim. I appreciate it, man. Be safe. Be well.